Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. For those of you who have been listening regularly, we have a little bit of a different show today. I mean, not really different. Maybe I'm a little bit different. Well, you might not realize, but most of the time when you're listening, the show is actually pre-recorded um, because you know we're connecting with guests that are all over the world with different time zones and busy schedules. We're usually just finding a half hour that both of our busy schedules can coordinate and we pre-record and we play it now. But today, this is actually a live recording and just to make it extra fun, I decided not to sleep last night. Um, this week I was in Los Angeles. Um, if you've listened before, if you've been following Joe in the City, you know that for the last uh, four years, this is our fourth year, we have our annual Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards. It began uh, four years ago with All-Stars like Senator Joe Lieberman, the Maccabees, Tamir Goodman, and now this year we have our All-Stars who include um, Greg Zuckerman, a Wall Street Journal reporter, Alana Wernick, uh, Emmy-winning producer from Modern Family, and our All-Star Awards are on March 31st in Manhattan, and tickets are on sale right now at JewInTheCity.com. And so... Um, I was in Los Angeles this week uh, filming a couple of the All-Stars to be ready for our uh, big awards party. And I know that I don't sleep on planes, but the last time I was in Los Angeles filming All-Stars a year ago, I had such a crazy busy week that I actually did sleep on the red eye. And for some strange reason, I thought that I could do it again. But when I got on the plane last night after about an hour of not sleeping, I realized this will be a non-sleeping night. And so here I am today. Um, doing a live recording, obviously off to an amazing start, um, and uh, excited to do this show. And really, I pushed to do this show this week because we wanted to get in um, this this group that um, we've been following at Jew in the City for the last several weeks. If you've been following us on Facebook, you've seen us posting about them. Their name is Star, um, and they are on a reality uh, singing show in Israel. And uh, today we have Dan Zakai, a vocalist from Star, joining us. Thank you so much uh, for, for coming on this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Ori is also on the line too now. And Ori's Ori also is also oh, on the line. You. Ori, you oh, made okay. it. Oh. Hey, oh, excellent. Beautiful. Now we have two people to talk if I start to fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, Okay, so if you guys could tell me a little bit about um, how this got started. I, I read up on you guys a little bit um, in between the flight and now, and I see that your founding members um, were someone named Brad and, oh, is this, oh, Ori, are you, you're one of the founding members? That's, that would be me. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Oh, fine. Oh, beautiful. Okay, fine. So you and Brad founded it. So if you could start us back a little bit about, you guys met at Aisha Torah. So could you back me right. up a little bit about what your life looked like, both Jewishly and musically, before you got to Aish? Um, Okay. Wow. Um, so Jewishly and musically, I grew up, my dad wasn't uh, Jewish when I was born. I grew up with no... Jewish education whatsoever, no bar mitzvah, nothing. Um, and uh, what part yeah, of the world? Like three Jewish kids. Excuse me. Oh, what, what? Like what city did you grow up in? I grew up in Seattle, Washington, in South Seattle. Uh, there is a, a small Jewish community in Seattle, but I had no uh, no connection to it whatsoever. Got it. Um, and uh, whatever in high school, I got into rapping, got into the music scene, and then and started pursuing. Uh, music from there. It's a longer story how I became religious, but 
lots of stuff unraveled, and uh, somebody gave me a ticket to Israel, and uh, I came for two weeks and uh, haven't left yet. Wow, then, you came so just only I, for two weeks. And I, were you in college at the time or post-college? What what part of your life were you was, in when you got to Aish? I was in college, and I was I was in college part time, and I was working and uh, and rapping at night. Um, may really majorly pursuing music more than anything else. So you get to Aish, and then you meet this guy named Brad, who is also this. Bald Shuva, who had a musical background. How long did it take for you guys to meet each other once you arrived? So it wasn't like we met and we just hooked up musically. It was I started I, I, I when I got to Yeshiva, I got really into learning. I still am broke Shem, and uh, I ended up quit. I quit rapping, and things weren't going so well for me. And uh, a rav named Eitan Fein, rav Eitan Feiner, with me, I it's me to uh, to, to keep rapping uh, as expressing myself as an outlet, and um, so I kept rapping, I started a band, and I started recording stuff, and I was showing it around to people in Yeshiva, and one of the people I showed it to was Brad, and when Brad listened to it, he said, yeah, it's pretty good, he said, let me play something that I, I put together, and he put together, he made something for me that was the most amazing, technically phenomenal track I've, uh, I've heard in my life, and uh, it was something that he... Uh, he recorded when he was on London Records, and he had a huge, massive music career before he became religious. So at that point in time, I started harassing him, like, you know, let's start working together. And from there, uh, from there we started the band. Um, we actually, funny story, we, we actually brought on Dan to, uh, to be the drummer, because he also drums, he's very musically talented, he's right. a phenomenal musician. And... Uh, and we started playing some song in rehearsals, and, and uh, Dan said, well, I don't know how it worked, how did it work at the end where he started singing the track? What was, what was the, uh, how did it unravel? Well, it was, it was Keller Don, wasn't it? It's uh, what, what is now on the album a Sephardi-sounding sort of song. Um, Brad introduced it uh, one day in the, uh, the practice session. And I'm um, like... Uh, Brad, that that song's got a really kind of Sephardi twist to it. I mean, you know, I, I was brought up, born and bred Sephardi. I was like drumming the tables and Shabbat Friday night with my dad singing Zemirot and so on and so forth. And I took the mic and I said, you know, how about how about this? <clears throat> it's probably the first time they ever heard me sing properly. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'd only really uh, been in the band for a couple of weeks as the drummer, hmm. and they they <laughs> Ori and Brad looked at each other, looked at me, and they're like, Dan. You're never really a good drummer anyway. <laughs> you, don't, you certainly don't. You certainly don't drum as well as you sing. Please be, our, you know, one of our lead singers, and that was the end of that. It was really funny. So you grew up observant or yeah. traditional, or I grew up. Uh, it's uh, it, well, you, you know, you, you've got the from from birth, as they as they call it. I, I, I like to call myself FFB WTO, which means from from birth with time out, um, uh. which may be a new kind of. You know, saying, but yeah, I was brought up, uh, you know, Shama Shabbat in a traditional yeah. Saudi home in England. Um, mm -hmm. Both sides are Iraqi. My dad was actually born in India, funnily enough. There's a big Iraqi community in India. And we grew up Shama Shabbat, and I went to, um, you know, modern Orthodox school, and then I kind of just went off for a little bit. I had to find myself from age did, like 15. Did the music begin before? Were you doing music while you were still observant, or you discovered the music in your non observant days? Um, yeah, for sure. I was uh, I, I lived in the music room in Hasmonean High School back in England. That's, that was a shout out for Hasmonean. That is, I lived in the music room. I, I was actually not interested in any other subject apart from art. 
And in both subjects, music and art, I did really, really well. I got the highest, highest, uh, <clears throat> the highest um, results in my uh, music exams and so on and so forth. So music was pretty much my life and how I expressed myself. Um, and then a lot of my friends actually uh, were makarov and went to you know vibe Asia Toro and they were in yeshiva like 18 years old and I kind of stayed behind and I had a good friend Yitzi David who's now a rabbi in Aish uh, back at home in England calling me up saying come on man you know you want to live a Torah life you know you want this come come to Israel come to Nativ. I went to Nativ Aryeh when I was 19 and a half and just like Ori said I never went back I've been here ever since been 12 years married with kids living remote but Shemesh and we're loving life we really are and this band is such an awesome way to express myself musically and also express myself musically through Torah and Judaism and we go out there and we're able to share that 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 vibe we're able to share that love for for, for life life through music the love for Torah through music and pe- people are really you know, are ignited by it. We invite them over for Shabbos, and it's more than just a band. It's more than just music. It's it's sharing our sharing our life, sharing our Torah life, and our love for Kodesh Baruch Hu and our love for Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael and the Torah. It's 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 massive. It's being part of something massive, and it's it's such as a chus. So, when you guys anyway. formed this band, how long did it take, um, Ori? Like, first it was the two of you. How long did it take to add the extra members? Um, that's a good question. I think it was a few months, really, because it was just us. We made three songs, three or four songs. Yeah, you had already recorded then, a few songs, and then I came in, yeah. And how many yeah, members does the band have now total? We have five in total, but at one point in time, when we, when we were putting together this band, we were looking for a bass player and a drummer, because mm-hmm. I'm totally incapable of playing musical instruments. But, uh, <laughs> but it was, uh few months until we've got five people together and then the drummer and bass player since Dan joined the band and um have been have been moved around and now we have five members in total and the the band is the every version of the band's amazing. This band of the ver- this version of the band is amazing. The personalities are amazing. We it's just a, it's a big scope to work with everybody. So what was the dream when you guys got started? You both had music that um, had Brad also given up his music for religion, or he was like, holding on to it, um, like as he became from? So he, um, so he had given up a musical career to become from. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, um, I also pretty much gave up on everything, and then we just got back into it, and we had a. I mean, truth be told, we had, we had a dream. When I, we had a, a shared vision. I think it's our, our, still our shared vision. I think of the entire band is that <clears throat> is that we want to, you know, be a be a cleaver, to, to 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 you know, bring simcha and joy and truth and reality. It's like we live in a in a generation where nothing gets through to anybody, and it's it's like it's you know the the ten second attention span generation and music is something that happens to penetrate people on all levels so you know we'd like to express and share ourselves and share our lives with everybody possible and music is, is uh, the best vehicle for that we, we believe it's a universal language so now take us through um, so this the show is um, Kohav Haba right am I saying, am I saying it correctly 
Kochava Bala Eurovision, yeah. Got it. So how did that come about? When did you try out? How long did it fi- did you find out that you were going to be on the show? Take us through that uh, that so journey. I, I actually, um, about a year or two back, I actually um, entered into one of these reality TV shows and I found I entered, I entered I entered by myself because Ori at the time uh, took a year out to be campus rabbi in H UK, um, and uh, I, I found it was very overwhelming. Uh, you know, I can't emphasize enough like the awesomeness of being part of you know a band, five guys, B'nai Torah, we look out for each other. Completely different now as it was then. I kind of like you know backed out of that a little bit because I you know I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't into the idea of me going out there by myself representing Torah. It was it was very a very daunting challenge. But um, this just fit into place. You know something like I'd say when was it? Or about August time I think it was. We got a phone call from them, and they're like we've 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 heard your stuff. You you guys are awesome. Would you be interested? And it just made so much sense. Ori was back from England. And the band, you know, need a little booster. And uh, we started getting into doing shows again. Um, and uh, this just came at the perfect, perfect time. And they loved us and we love them. And, you know, we've gone, we've gone quite far. We're in the, the, the final eight this weekend. We're going to be competing uh, for the final six. And it's all really, really exciting. And what happens, meaning like I know, you know, what happens to American Idol winners in America, what sort of a platform do winners of Kochav Haba have in Israel? Where where might people see them after if, you know, Bezrat Hashem, you, you make it that far? Um, so if, if you win Kochav Haba in Israel, you represent um, Israel in something called Eurovision, which Americans have no idea about because we're in America. But um, Eurovision Song Contest, yeah. Wow. It's tantamount, it's tantamount to playing the Super Bowl halftime show. It's <laughs> over between... It's between you know, I remember growing up listening, to, watching the Eurovision when I was a kid. It's, it's massive in Europe, yeah. It's, it's, it's has about 100, what, between 100 to 200 million viewers that watch the song contest. So it's, it's a massive, massive deal to, be, to get that much exposure. So um, how many countries are on the sh- doing these shows right now? I, I just thought this was like an Israeli show. So this is happening all over the world or all over Europe. No, no, so no, this, no. Is, um, this is the way that Israel choose their representative to represent Israel in the Eurovision Song Contest. So if we win this in Israel, we go on to the European Song Contest. Um, right. But natural, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're pretty much, you know... The winners, the runners-up in Israel, you pretty much, you know, you're pretty much out there. People know who you are, and uh, especially the winner, you pretty, you're, you're like a celebrity. Like last year's guy that you know, would, he came, I think, ninth place, sorry, in the Eurovision Song Contest. He was a massive celebrity in Israel, still is. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what Kochav Haba is. They choose their representative. Um, for oh, this Israel is even cooler than I thought Israel. it was. Wow, this is very exciting. Now we really have to start watching you guys closely. So <laughs> now, you know, if you're familiar with, with Jew in the City, what we do around here is we focus on, you know, breaking down stereotypes about Orthodox Jews. I'm thinking about the Maccabees a little bit and how I think their sort of, you know, um, entry into the larger world 
I think showed sort of a slice of orthodoxy, sort of a, a committed modern orthodoxy that people don't see so often. I think growing up, I saw, I noticed more like, you know, beards and payas and more of like a Hasidic type of thing. And then people don't exactly know what to do with, you know, people that wear colored shirts and slacks and, you know, maybe a kippah shruga. And I think that sort of opened up that window into that world for people. But you guys mm-hmm. are a little bit more on the Haredi side, a little more like American yeshivish or European yeshivish. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe give off a little bit of that ultra-Orthodox look. So what what do you think you your sort of representation has done in terms of debunking stereotypes for, for this community being on the show? Um, as far as in Israel is concerned, I'm the gap between religious and secular is a chasm. So for us, every step of the way and everything we're involved in, the more people we meet, it's it definitely breaks down the stereotypes of, you know, what the religious community is perceived to be. And especially because we're from Beit Shemesh, where it's always in the news for some Hillel Hashem happening, is it really, really has had an effect in people, you know, in the words of, of one of our uh, uh, reps said to us, you know, you, you're my favorite dosing. We love you guys. So for anyone listening, dosim is get places and speak to people and connect on a level that most most religious people could never even get close to, because everybody's just too afraid to talk to them or or interact. Right. So I, I think we, you know, that's really what we'd like to do. Is is there's no, you know, greater. Um, battle that, that Claudius Roll is facing rather than the lack of octus that's going on. And, you know, this, you know, we right. would love to be a, 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 uh, to that. Um, I mean, we, and... we spend it, we spend a day like filming an episode or two in, in Tel Aviv. And it, it's amazing. Like wherever we went, we, we, we broke down these barriers and we built bridges and people told us how normal and relatable and approachable we were. And, you know, they joined into our Torah discussions and learning sessions backstage. We'd open up a sefer and there'd be a lady there, you know, like ironing our shirts and we're getting ready to go on stage. And we'd be, we'd have a sefer open and we'd be, you know, inspired and learning and, and, and she'd be like listening on and, uh, and, and kind of like, she'd even like enter into the conversation a bit and she'd like, she'd tell us how refreshing it was and how reminds her of, you know, she grew up religious when she was much younger and it's really nice to, to see that people are still passionate about Torah learning. Yeah, it was it was such an experience. It really was. It's like we brought the the Ramat Bechemesh bubble, this Torah awesomeness. We we went out there and, 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 and showed it to people and they loved it and they couldn't get enough of it. It was just, it was, I, w- I would come back from a day of filming and I'd, I'd mamash, I'd be inspired. Like, I don't know, I just like, a crazy, awesome Yom Kippur davening. I, that, I was, I was on a high. I was inspired, and it was tremendous achdus that we were able to, able to, um, to achieve um, with each other as a band and with the people, all the people that we interacted with. Fantastic. So, you, thank God you've had a very positive response from the secular Israelis that are seeing you and seeing that you're quote unquote normal, relatable. What about on the religious end, on the more right-wing side of the spectrum? Is there positivity that they see this is a Kiddush Hashem? Does anyone complain that you shouldn't be on such a show? What kind of feedback are you getting on that end? I'm sure there are people that are going to complain on all spectrums. There's also people that complain from the non-religious spectrum about us. 
But um, really? as far as I've experienced, it's been amazing. I have people, <laughs> random of race, who walk up to me and say about Slachim, start asking me about it and say, you know, and I don't watch TV and I don't have things on the internet, but I heard and somebody showed me a clip and you guys are amazing and, would, you know, people are very, very positive. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. So it's interesting. What I, I sort of have noticed in this journey of doing the city is that you can grab a lot of people in the center. And even if they're not all doing the same thing or living the same way, if someone has an open mind, they can kind of see things sort of beyond mm-hmm. themselves. But then you get the edges where, you know, on both sides, you know, very to the right, very to the left, where they can't see beyond their own little bubble. and. Right. It's frustrating, and I've, I've sort of, I think at this point, I still like to fight a little bit, but I've sort of realized that you can gain so many in the center, a diverse group of people to sort of have that common coexistence and positive stuff with, and maybe the people that don't want to see the bigger picture, you have to just let them stay in their small mind. Does that make sense? For sure. At the end of the day, everybody has a hero. You know, you can only... You can, when I was on campus, it was like I came to a clear conclusion that all I can do is educate. Whether people want to choose to accept, to listen, to process, to think about mm-hmm. things, that's up to them. The most you can do is put out your effort, and people are going to make their own choices. That's, yeah. uh, that's the downside of the Hira, is, uh, you know, it's just people are going to choose, we're going to choose regardless of the information and, and taking a, a look at the bigger picture. Now, there was an episode, maybe a couple uh, shows back that I saw that was posted online where maybe it was the first time that you guys were, you know, started playing and spun around and the judges like went wild that you were you and you sounded like that and then you looked like that because you're hidden at first. And what I love about the reality Israel shows that I've seen is that the topics that come up are insane. Like people start talking philosophy and all these things that you would never hear (laughs) Like these right. theological discussions the happening end, on American reality TV shows. Do you know what I mean? What they, yeah, yeah. What the, what the judges said after the performance yeah, yeah. It actually blew us away. What and did they say? It's translate because my Hebrew is very bad. We had bad. a little something prepared ourselves. But like the, the first judge, I think his name's Mookie, like what Mookie said was incredible. The, the song that we sang was uh, In the End by Linkin Park. And we were going to say like, in the end, you can try so hard and go so far, you put, put your studless in, in the end, it's down to Hashem, if you want something to happen, it's going to happen, in the end it doesn't even matter. And you know what, before we even could open our mouths and say that, Mookie himself came out with those words, one of the judges came out with those words himself, and some of the, you know, the, the messages, the, 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 the things that they said were just so beautiful and warm and accepting, and the bottom line was that, you know, you can, you can wear whatever clothes, look however way you look, and do whatever it is that you do, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we're all under one roof. We all, you know, the Jewish people, we love each other. And it was just, it was so, so lovely. And the next time we performed, I made it a point to, to say, like, thank you. You guys made us feel so warm. And it was just like, you know, the vibe there that we created and, you know, the, the things that you said after the performance were really, really beautiful. And it's exactly like you... They get us, you know what I'm saying? Like, we really felt like you get us. You, you get who we are. You get what we're here for. It's all about, you know, music, bringing people together. Achtus, we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. And that's the one thing that no matter who you are, you know, you get that as a Jew living in Israel, I think. 
Was there any fear before you began, like the fear of failure, the fear of we go out and play and maybe they're digging our sound, but then the stage spins around and they're like, boo, don't seem. Was there any of those like, you know, nightmarish type of thoughts or were you guys pretty sure you were going to rock it? I mean, I had a, I thought we were going to rock it. I thought we were going to really do well. But yeah. right before we started, there was that, there was that uh, worry. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just put in your hishtablis and do what you can and see what happens. And it comes from the of the show. So that was, you know, from our perspective, that was it. It was like, you know, this is our hishtablis. We believe we should be doing as a band um, musically and spiritually. And let's, let's see what happens. And, uh, you know... Uh, if we should get knocked out at some point, not with it, you know, it's the same ideas. You know, we put in a job loose, the country could take this as far as he wants to go, and that's it. And if you if you have this, uh, you know, the hashkafa ingrained in you, that hakobide shemayim, and you're just doing what you can and, and, and acting as a clee, then at the end of the day, you know, it, it may hurt, it may be difficult, things may be tough, but you'll be okay. Totally. Right, tell me, tell me about feedback. On, you know, have you heard so. from... Have you heard from non-observant people writing in telling you that you've changed their opinion about what religious shoes could be? And then also, have you heard from any observant kids that say, hey, I want to pursue my music dreams now because I've seen that you've pursued yours? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We had uh, actually a kid kid, um, from England contacted us. I think he knows you and Brad. Or he knows you and Brad. He contacted, uh, he contacted us on Facebook, uh, and he was so blown away and inspired and, uh, to, to, to go out there and to play music. Um, I think he was, he was saying that uh, he has a band that goes out there, similar to what we do, that goes out there and plays in not necessarily so becoming places in order to kind of just, you know, make a killer shashem. And sometimes he finds himself up on stage and he's like, what am I doing here? And, you know, thank you so much, Star, for giving me the chizuk and... So that definitely happened. On the on the other side, with like quite inundated with a lot of messages. Ari, you're you're more on top of that, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's uh, you know we're not uh, moving worlds here, but uh, it's all about just you know giving a different per- perception of who we are. And as like I said, every through every step of the competition, just with people we met um, alone, outside of the people that you know contact us. I was just saying, you guys are amazing. You know, I didn't know religious people like this. Um, yeah, we've had, we've seen positive from all angles. So, guys, we're we're almost out of time, but you gave us some uh, some songs that we could play today, and I thought maybe we would take the show out with uh, one of your selections, since I'm not an expert in your music. You gave us three choices. Which which one would you like to hear um, as we uh, take the show out this week? One of the, one or two? We, we don't get both. Oh, one or two. I think you gave us three. I think we have time for one to to uh, take us out. Okay. What do you have? You've got with... Overload, So Decide, and Gone Again. Which one should it be, Ori? I think go with, uh, let's go with, with uh, Gone Again. Gone, gone again. again. Okay, again. excellent. So that's a great way because the show is ending. It's gone. So um, we're gonna we're again. gonna put on uh, Gone Again yeah. in uh, in one moment after I say our goodbyes. Thank you so much for joining us in the middle of the competition itself. 
We wish you a lot of Hatzlacha and continued Kiddush Hashem and representing, you know, the Torah in a positive way and uh, using your God-given talents to uh, express yourself and bring people together. And uh, here we have Star Gone Again. Say goodbye, cause I'm gone again. Don't ask why. I've got to grow You know that I'm leaving You're the one that's dreaming Open your eyes and just let it go yeah. Put up a toll, like heading on tour Ready for more, be assured I wasn't ready for war I guess it ain't so easy getting ready to soar Already I'm sore, hot and heavy, step to the door I see, new things develop, emotionally swell up a better head up and strong, I'm enveloped, it's on, I'm gone You sing the same old song, but me, I'm moving on And that's that And I'm a city, the struggles, the fears And hundreds of laughs, and the thousands of tears You're definitely the main thing that's gotten me here But now that it's clear, confounded with fear Don't sound up in here, I'm out Without checking the rear view mirror, mirror Your head stay clear Therefore my goal, the future is there I'm disappearing like smoke So don't choke Cause it's all that we hope for Say goodbye Cause I'm gone again Don't ask why Cause I've got to grow You know that I'm leaving You're the one that's dreaming Open your eyes and just let it go Stricken with disbelief, you're like, nah With the taste well enough, and I'm emotionally torn Should I be giving this up? And if I decide to call, provide it for some folks Despite all the side, this might if I'm dumb Jokes in the light of the sun soaks Another tear in the fabric of life Undivided and almost agony It's denial of love lost Can I give my life for the fight of a lost cause? Turn off, y'all, the first place that you created I'm indebted forever, but now that I said it I'm ready to end it, shed it I'll never forget it, it's always embedded for better or worse now I'm waiting to set a new course So let's not pretend it's divorce If anything we're just the men in the verse to say Say goodbye Cause I'm gone again Don't ask why 